Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Impact Podcast. This is Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino, and we want to thank you for being with us on today. We are going to continue our study. This is part two of the ministry of the church prophet, understanding the prophetic dimensions. Um, And today we're going to start our teaching by talking about prophetic patterns um, in the early church. Let us pray. Father God, we just glorify and magnify your name on today. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for the opportunity to understand better about your kingdom plan for the prophets, the church prophets. We ask, oh, Father God, that you would give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be talking about prophetic patterns in the early church. The Word of God indicates that it was at the church at Antioch that believers were first called Christians or identified not by their Jewish ancestry and belief in the pro- in the prophesied Jewish Messiah, but they were identified as Christ ones, known for their faith in Jesus Christ. Antioch was a Gentile church, a cross-cultural mixing peoples, ethnic backgrounds and cultural all commonly professing the same faith in Jesus Christ as Redeemer and Savior of the world. The church at Antioch was also a prophetic church in that it was a powerful center of prophetic ministry. It was regularly visited by prophets of the church and a large part of, of its plural eldership were in the fact were in fact prophets themselves. In Antioch, the prophetic word of the Lord flowed to the saints in wisdom, direction, and in the character of Jesus Christ. Prophet Agabus ministers in Antioch and Caesarea. In Acts chapter 11, 27 through 30, it tells us of a visit to Antioch by a group of prophets traveling out of the church at Jerusalem on a circuit journey to minister at the prophetic church at Antioch. In the group was a man called Agabus, who was a recognized and powerful prophet in the early church. Agabus stands up in a meeting and predictively prophesies a coming famine in the area that actually came to pass during the rule of Claudius Caesar. The church at Antioch responds to the word coming forth even before the actual event and gathers money and food together to send relief to the church at Judea. Barnabas and Saul was at at this time. Barnabas and Saul um, who at this time were functioning only as elders and part of the leadership of Antioch of the Antioch church are given the responsibility to take the money to the elders of Judea. There are several points to be specifically noted here. First, corporate or group prophetic ministry and the authorized functioning of prophets were known in the early church. The prophets came to Antioch under the authority of the church at Jerusalem, where they were obviously recognized as functioning in the prophetic office. Foretelling or predicative prophecy flowed in the early church and was recognized and accepted to such an extent that church eldership would actually motivate their entire assembly to to action based on the prophetic word of a proven mature prophet in the midst. 
Thirdly, God used prophetic ministry in the early church to administratively order the activity and the interdependence of the individual area churches, a geographical and environmental threat that could have been disastrous to the members of the church at Judea, could now be faced with foresight, resolve, and preparation, and with the input and help of the other churches. The book of Acts does not specifically indicate this, but it is reasonable to assume that Agabus proclaimed this word in other places as well, and motivated other assemblies to help in Judeans, to help the Judeans also. Agabus the prophet is mentioned by name again in Acts chapter 21, verse 10 through 12. Paul was in his final journey to Jerusalem, now advanced in age and having labored for many years to establish and strengthen the churches and pour into them all the revelation he had received from the Lord Jesus Christ. He lodges at the house of Philip, the evangelist, whose four young daughters flowed in the prophetic ministry. This was the same Philip who was elevated to the post of a deacon in the Jerusalem church and who was later used by God in mighty evangelism at Samaria. From the church office of deacon, the Lord had established him in the governmental office gift of evangelist, and now he operated out of the church at Caesarea in which there was a strong evangelistic and prophetic flow. Agabus now and Interrant prophet of the church was scheduled to minister in the church at Caesarea during the time Paul stopped off there on his way to Jerusalem. During one of the meetings, Agabus, under the prophetic anointing and led by the Holy Spirit, binds Paul with binds Paul with his own belt and prophesies that at Jerusalem Paul would be arrested and interned. Strong prophetic action and powerful anointed prophesying so broke the hearts of the assembly congregation that spontaneous weeping broke out. But Paul, in apostolic wisdom and insight and clearly knowing his plan and purpose for his life, determines to face the purpose of God in the dangers at Jerusalem. Agabus, by the prophetic word, was confirming what Paul already knew. For in Acts 20, verse 23, Paul had indicated to the early eldership at Ephesus, at the Ephesus assembly, that there were prophets in every city who had prophesied the future dangers at Jerusalem. What could be a better indication of the strength, frequency, and acceptance of powerful anointed ministry by established church prophets throughout the scattered churches in the early days of the faith? Prophets, Judas, and Silas confirmed the Antioch church. A study of the ministry of the several named prophets of the early church is a look into the dynamic and exciting interplay of the fascinating series of circumstances and situated the growth and the strengthening of the early assemblies. Acts 15 tells the story of a spiritual attack by the enemy upon the churches of Antioch and Cilicia through false teaching, but the account also gives great insight into the power and function of the ministry of the church prophet. Certain men came to, to came from Judea, teaching in the churches that 
that physical circumcision, physical circumcision as detailed in Moses' law, was a necessary requirement for salvation. These men further insisted that unless circumcision was performed, there would be bondage against the reality of salvation being ministered into the, into the heart of the individual who believed on Jesus. This falsehood exploded in the Gentile churches and caused such an undeter undetermining of their faith and a subverting of their souls. We see this in Acts chapter 15 verse 24, that Paul and Barnabas were sent to Jerusalem to receive wisdom and a ruling from the apostolic council of the elders there. The apostles, after intentive deliberation to find the mind of the Holy Spirit, set out two, sent out two prophets, Judas and Silas, to minister in the churches and convey the ruling of headship on this matter. We see this in Acts chapter 15, verse 6 through 25. Judas and Silas arrived in Antioch and flow in the prophet's ministry to rebuild faith, exhort the brethren, and confirm the churches. Acts chapter 15, 32. This is a powerful dimension of the prophet's ministry, exhortation and confirmation. The tool of the prophet is his anointed words. The New Testament church prophet just as just as did the Old Testament prophet of Israel ministers the word of the Lord in situations he comes up against. The prophet's tools and weapons are his words. The spiritual ministry of the prophet's words is just as real and actual as the evangelist ministry of healing the sick and oppressed. The effect of the prophet's words in the unseen spiritual realm is just as powerful and actual as the effect of a physical manifestation of healing or deliverance in the invisible realm. In Antioch, the words of false teachers troubled the brethren and subverted their souls, destroying their faith and assurance and, and producing confusion. The prophet's words of exhortation and edification confirmed the brethren, assuring them and making their faith whole again, restoring peace. We see this in Acts chapter 15, verse 33. Powerful prophetic ministry destroyed a strong destabilizing attack of the enemy upon the emerging and still infant Gentile church and restored tranquility and strength to the entire region of Antioch, Syria, and Sicilia. We see this in Acts chapter 15, verse 41. Directives prophesying to the Antioch eldership. The New Testament biblical pattern for church leadership is not the one-man pastor as we so frequently have today. That pattern of church leadership harks back to the supremacy of the priests in the medieval Roman Catholic Church. The patterning of the early church was leadership by a plural eldership among whom vision and direction was provided by a chief elder or a senior elder. Paul established Timothy in the Ephesus church as the senior elect among a body of co-equal elders that gave oversight to the church. Any of the five governmental office ministries can exercise administrative and spiritual oversight over a local assembly. They are all headship ministries. In the church at Antioch, a strong prophetic and teaching center 
there were five elders exercising spiritual oversight to the church. Barnabas was a cypher, Simeon was Niger, was a black man, as was probably also Lucius of Cyrene. Anian was a wealthy relative of the Tetra Herod, and Paul an ex-Pharisee and converted Jew. All of these men stood in the office of, of either prophet or teacher. We see this in Acts chapter 13, verse 1. The elders of this multiracial, multicultural, prophetic teaching church came together to fast and minister to, to the Lord and receive directive, directive prophecy to Paul and Barnabas. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 4, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost did not speak out of midair. One of the prophets prophesied a clear word of release and direction. The prophetic word that came forth from the meeting of the elder, elders released Barnabas and Saul for the eldership and from the church at Antioch to an interrent apostolic ministry. It changed their ministry function from that of prophet or teacher to that of the apostle. It indicated the timing of the Lord for a new thrust in ministry and gave direction to the geographical area to which they were being released. It conferred a new level of anointing to enable them to accomplish the greater task to which they were being called. The power and effectiveness of this prophetic word spoken by one of the elders, prophets of the Antioch church to one of their own their own order is clearly seen in the positive and spirit-filled results of the apostolic ministry of Paul and Barnabas. Paul later went on to write a major part of the New Testament. The Antioch prophet in that small prayer meeting of oversight of oversight elders indeed spoke the Debar, the word of the Lord. Prophetic Presbyter and the Ministry of Timothy we're still talking about the ministry of the church prophets. Timothy was a young man of weak physical constitution. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 23. But of a strong and consistent faith. Acts 16 verse 2. His father was an unbelieving Greek. But both his grandmother Lois and his Jewish mother Eunice possessed a strong and excellent faith in the Lord Jesus. We see this in Acts 16 verse 3, 1 Timothy 1 and, 5, and 1 and 5. Timothy became Paul's traveling companion and son in the faith. We see this in Acts 16, 3, 1 Timothy 1 and 2. Paul's letters to Timothy reveal further dimensions of the, of the prophet's ministry that functioned in the early church. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands.
The scriptures reveal how Timothy received the spiritual gifts which he operated in ministry and indeed the practice of the early church in releasing spiritual gifts into the lives of the believers. This practice of prophetic presbytery with the laying on of hands for the impartation of spiritual gifts was a, was a general in the church. Paul wrote to the church at Rome. Romans chapter 1 verse 11 says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. Praise God. Presbytery is a coming together of spiritual elders among whom it is a strong prophet for the purpose of laying on of hands and prophesying the word of the Lord over the life of of the recipient believer to declare and reveal the purpose counsel and the will of God for his life and for the impartation and release of spiritual gifts it is clear that Paul was part of the presbyter that spoke over Timothy and it is very likely that Paul was the elder that delivered the actual word identifying and activating the spiritual gift that later manifested in the ministry of Timothy it is absolutely clear from the above discussion that prophets functioned in powerful and wise prophetic ministry in the early church. Agabus, Judas, and Silas were not the only prophets who functioned. There were many others who were unnamed but nevertheless moved in the word of the Lord. Prophets were used in physical prophets in personal prophecy to give prediction or revelation of events yet future. They administratively ordered the affairs of the churches. They confirmed, established, exhorted, edified, and comforted against the ravaging attacks of the enemy. By prophetic utterance, they conferred ministry, identification, and direction from the Lord for specific pur purposes and ministry goals. They were also used in presbyters to release and activate the gifts of the Spirit in the lives of the believer, and lastly, function as part of the oversight plural eldership in the local churches. There is more than adequate biblical basis for every born-again truth receiving Jesus exalting believers to acknowledge, to acknowledge, believe in, and receive prophets and prophetic ministry in the church of Jesus Christ today. Father God, we just glorify and magnify your name on today, and we thank you for the opportunity to discuss and share the understanding of the prophetic dimension and the purpose of church prophets. We pray, oh Father God, that as we get enlightenment by the Holy Spirit, that um, we will begin to respect the church prophets um, that are in the house for a reason and for a purpose and use them for more than just prophesying and laying on of hands, that they are a vital part of the body of Christ that we will use their gifts to the utmost so that they can function to decree and declare the, the word of the Lord from the mouth of the Lord. We thank you and we bless your name in Jesus' name. Thank you once again for listening to the Impact Podcast with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. We look forward to being with you um, again at our next podcast. God bless you.